Hey, All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinner of the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose that we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, so um, keeping it moving here. Um, in regards to that, and, and let me, I want to pick up from real quick from that bill point, then I want to get to something else that uh, Dallas Ray that has affected by this move. And I'll get to that. But we've got some Facebook uh, comments checking in online. We've got uh, Gerald Walker checking in. My dad checked in. What's up, Dad? George 100. You know, my dad's about to be 80 and knows how to work emojis and stuff more than I do. It's like, man, I guess that's retired life. But anyway, um, Gerald Walker checking in and says, don't think this would happen, but if Pop decided to step away from the Spurs job and wanted to coach some other team, do you think his age would be a factor like Bill Belichick's could be? Um, good question, Gerald. Um, and I would sit there and say possibly. Um, but I will tell you the difference in those two, which I've said this before. Bill was not, you know, Bill is respected in the NFL, from his peers, uh, from other owners uh, and his peers and things. But the truth of the matter is, is that he's not well-liked or beloved as Coach Popovich, okay? Um, that's the difference, Gerald. So to me, it's possible that Pop could have an upper hand on Bill just from the perspective of there's more people that make those decisions that have respect for Pop and like pop than it is in the circle of Bill Belichick and the NFL. But I do believe that age factor uh, would basically and could possibly um, hurt, you know, coach Greg Popovich if, and when that time comes, but I really honestly do not foresee pop ever coaching any other franchise besides this one. I mean, that's just reality. I, I you know, I'm not going to sit there and salami stamp it, but I mean, the question is, why would he? I mean, I mean, that's just not. Um, I just don't see that. But to try to answer the question the best way, yes, I think it could be. But when you say Bill Belichick, I always tell you, people that when they like you and you're beloved, it's like if you look at the media, dude. There's if this was any other coach who had Wimbyam as the first pick and basically had a record of 10 wins um, that had maybe previously won five titles or any, whether it's rebuilt, whatever. There, Some of these losses and the losing streak, you would hear more from talking heads on a lateral level, okay? Because I can't just bang on my local guys and say, oh, y'all, anybody calling them, holding them accountable, because the national people don't even really come. And that's, that's why I always say he's a made man, because of the respect. Don't make it right, but it's that's the reality. What do you got? I think the other thing working against Bill Belichick is the defense, he, the, his side of the ball. If he was an offensive genius at 72 and that, that you tied this, his success to Tom Brady, but you say, okay, but he did like, like him and Tom Brady was the pairing that worked. If he was, if he, if, if he was a 70 year old Kyle Shanahan, right. Okay. <laughs> then you could say, okay, would it be hard to find a job, but you're talking about not only is it 53 guys on a roster, but but his the, the the dominant side of the ball that needs to work in in the NFL today is not his strength. But Popovich, take Pop, put him in Milwaukee with Giannis. 
give him a dominant four or five because he this is what he's shown throughout his career is his bread and butter. So when you talk about the specialty piece that helped make him the, the champion, the five-time champion that he is, give him a dominant four or five like Giannis, another big like Brooke Lopez, a distributing but also shooting guard in terms of Dame Lillard, and, and, a, and a, a piece off the bench like Pat Connaughton. And I'm not going to say that you've got the San Antonio Spurs model, but you're probably the closest to anything else in the NBA. So if they, if if the Bucks would have been able to pull Pop instead of Doc Rivers, I feel like – and then you have the desire, the want to be a champion that, that both Dame and Giannis hold and the expectation there, then I feel like – if if Pop was chasing wins, because that's really the, I mean, that's the other piece of it, too, is Pop has nothing left to prove in the NBA except for maybe that he couldn't win a title without Tim Duncan. Okay, that's maybe the only thing you could say and that he would have to – because he's already got the wins. He's got right. the all-time playoff wins. He's got five titles. So Bill Belichick still needs 13 wins. Otherwise, I feel like he would pretty be much be more comfortable just riding off into the sunset. Well, I think the other tricky part of that before we move back to uh, football is I think with Pop is, you know, the other thing going to elaborate on the answer for Gerald's question is the other thing is that we don't know if the Pop way still works. And I don't from the look of it, I'm doubting it if it works. Okay, Pop has done more complaint. He did it again a couple weeks ago. He's done more, and this has been consistent for the last two and a half, three years. He does more con- complaining about the three point shot and where the game's at to this day than anything else. He just made a comment a week or two ago, and the only reason I didn't bring it up because it's like it's old news. I, I agree with him, but it's at the end, like, come on. So, and not only that, some people don't believe there's no Pop way of system. Some people believe it's twenty one and five zero. And Dave, I'm not telling you that's fair. But it's reality. So I, I just feel that we don't know if the pop way still works. So when you say, hey, well, just put them with Milwaukee, give them this. I don't know. Because in their way, because it, it, and this is another factor, and it goes with just Bill Belichick. They can hug. They can shake. They can dap up, smile, like, hey, man, keep fighting this up, man. Keep the fist up for equality. You know, Black Lives Matter. But not all them cats can play for him. You can you can tolerate him for a summer for an Olympic as an assistant on the bench or he takes over. Steve Kerr comes down. He takes it and qualify. He won that medal. That's one thing. Playing 82 games for this guy. Go look at the podcast with Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson and LaMarcus Aldridge. If LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't on that podcast, I tell you whatever, because some people say, oh, well, Steve got an axe to grind. And Steve has never disrespected pop. And this is the guy that cut him a couple times. Um, never disrespected him. But when you go listen to that, it shows you that, hey, there's certain things you got to do playing with Pop. And a lot of guys just want to play ball. And LaMarcus all just said that, but the quite like, hey, man, I get it. You know, a lot of guys are not interested in seeing, learning about, you know, we're going to go visit this black museum when we go here. And do you know the continents? And you do that. That's the, and the reason why I'm bringing up LaMarcus Aldridge because there's no dog in the race with him. Like, the only thing with him was like, hey, I want to trade you, Pop. Like, all right, I'll get Kevin Durant. I'll drive you to the airport. If not, I'm not trading you. Steven, I understand Steven could have somebody. That shows you right there. There's in the league in the league and players talk. They got a lot of respect for him, but do they do they want to play 82 games for him? Uh, uh, the proof is in the pudding. A lot of them don't. So um, 
I just feel there's a lot of other factors besides the age that could keep pop getting another job, even if he wanted to somewhere else, you know, because there's a lot of question marks, I believe, that's still out there with him. I think the question about whether his way works or not, especially when comparing him to Belichick as well, you look at the assistant coaching, the, the coaching tree. Okay, Belichick's tree, it has branches, but there's no flowers at the end of those branches. There's no success at the end of those branches. Pop's tree, on the other hand, the coaching style that he's instilled. Now, yes, every assistant coach has to kind of take that and, and make it their own. But the foundations in terms of defense, the ball movement, now that's become a staple across the NBA, but that's also a part too because Pop's coaching tree accounts for half of the NBA. But that just means you can get people jobs, dude, because you're a nice dude. And they can and you're, be successful. But but who? I mean, like I said, you he's got a quite ain't nobody nobody out of Pop's tree to want no ring yet. Uh, uh, Coach Bud? Uh, co well, excuse me. I'm saying for sorry, Coach Bud. He was there for 18 years or 15 Doc years. Doc Rivers counts off of his tree. No, he doesn't. He played for Doc. I mean, Doc played for him. He wasn't assistant over here. No, it doesn't. The bottom line of it is, and, and let me tell you, the NFL coaching trees are night and day from NBA coaching trees, bro. It's night and day. It's not, I see what you're saying. It's not the same thing. I'm telling you that everyday grind with Coach Pop at his age and what he believes and what he's doing and how he's acting is not is nothing proof to show that that way is work. So you can give him Giannis, you can give him Dame, you can give him whoever. And does that say, oh, he'll win a championship? Not don't know that. Can't say he will or he can't. But back to the Cowboys and the fallout for Dan Quinn uh, going with Washington. This is the other thing. We talked about possibly what they could do, but no, I don't believe the Bill Belichick. I just don't see him swallowing pride to be a D coordinator for anybody. I wouldn't if I was in his situation. Um, and I don't care if I'm only 13 wins. Like you said, you can't get 13 wins credited as an assistant head coach or defensive coordinator. He wouldn't do that, and he couldn't pay him enough money for it. Um, so I don't look at that. But let me tell you what is concerning besides losing – uh, Dan Quinn today for Dallas is because I'm starting to question and really have some concerns and I like this young man, but I'm still starting to have some real concerns on Micah Parsons and his leadership. Okay. And, you know, again, on the edge or whatever it is, the edge podcast with Parsons. You give him so much advertisement. Well, because he's always talking and he, and I mean, he does a good job. And, but this time I had to give him the dude. Cause like, look, man, and I get it. There's a lot of guys in the league and I don't want to make it sound like, you know, they country dumb or this and this, but there's a lot of guys in the league who don't even understand how the business of the NFL works. So Michael Parson is on his podcast and I'm going to paraphrase for you. And we kind of talked about it when we were talking about this whole notion of Jerry saying we're going all in and we're going all in in 2024 and this and this and blah, 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 blah. Well, Michael Parsons sitting there saying, well, hey, man, you know, I like that. He goes, we do need to go all in because we need to bring the players in here that we need to be. And I haven't seen that in the last couple of years. So I, I'm not a rookie. Just paraphrase. I've been in the league now three or four years. So I've seen it all. No, you haven't. No, you haven't, man. You haven't even got out of your really rookie contract yet. But the fact that he can sit there like, well, I haven't seen them bring guys in and we and hopefully we do that. I'm going to ballpark it, but I, I would like to think I would like to say I think Dallas is about 52 to 56 million dollars over the cap. OK, so you're going to have to do some moving around, which you can do and some restructuring to free up whatever kind of money you can to go ahead and pay people. So what I would tell Michael Parsons is like, all right, brother, you want to go ahead and you want to say, hey, man, they ain't brought nobody else in here. I want to bring those guys in. Are you going to hold off? Are you going to tell your agent to hold off on your deal? 
Are you going to give a hometown Dallas Cowboy discount because you just left with so much embarrassment? Like you said, I went into hiding. I, I was so embarrassed the way we left at home because this and this. Are you going to stop your deal to free up some money to go get other players you talk? Then what are you talking about? And, and, and when I bring up the leadership skill, is like this is the guy that has had diarrhea of the mouth since the season started, since training camp. Okay? And he hasn't stopped afterwards. And I do believe that because of the way they're structured, okay, and, and maybe this makes more sense why the Dallas Cowboy defensive coordinator job is probably maybe very important because I believe that they're going to have a hard time. I see Micah Parsons. I don't see his talents and talents, you know, diminishing. Stop. I t tweeted this out, you know, and put it on Facebook after the Green Bay game. Stop with this whole Lawrence Taylor comparison because it's it's not. He's a hell of a talented edge. He's one of the top two, three edge rushers in the game. He's very versatile. But what I do believe, he is going to become a problem for the Cowboys off the field in regards to his distractions. Because Micah Parsons, and I get it, guys want to tell, they want to control the narrative. I mean, you know, Draymond Green talks about we're the new media. We're way of the new media, the new world. Like my, that movie Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. When he was walking, he had that crazy, it's the new world order, man. It's where the new world. So as Draymond said, it's the new media. Well, a lot of these guys want to get on these podcasts. They want to have these shows, have these segments, and they don't understand the more you talk, like Jonah says, you give them free advertising. The more you talk, the more you give us, the more we put out the narrative. And it just shows that y'all are basically running a clown situation over there. Okay. And, and, and again, but I'm going to say this, the same thing I say about the 18 and 19-year-olds with the sports betting or the in trouble off the field, the driving and all that. How are we going to hold them accountable if we're not holding adults accountable? So with that said, how am I going to be harsh on Micah Parsons about constantly running his, bumping his gums on his podcast, The Edge, when Jerry Jones, the leader of the crew, that's all he does? Is sell, 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 sell tickets. Oh, we're gonna bring these guys in. We we gonna we all in with what 50 plus million dollars over the cap and Dax's extension looming, Micah's deal looming, CD Lamb's deal looming. Okay. Remember, you heard it here first. He's gonna be ball, he's gonna ball out, he's gonna do all that. And and we ain't even in technically started the real offseason yet. He's gonna become a problem because I don't believe anybody in that building can control him. I really don't. He's too valuable for him. The the, the Cowboys, uh, Jerry, what he puts a lot of stock. He didn't sold he didn't sold a lot of number eleven jerseys. It's business, and I think the more you get these younger athletes, the understanding of the power they have, and they'll never have it like they do in the NBA. But I think they're going to have a hard time controlling this young brother. He talks too much, and and again, putting that out there by, yeah, I haven't seen it in the last few days. I mean, excuse me, in the last few years. They haven't brought the guys in. There hasn't happened here, and I look around the league. Yeah, it's called cap and salary cap money. You know, why do you think Ezekiel Elliott's not there anymore? The only reason why he's not there anymore is because of money. But Micah ain't the only one, man. There's a lot of cats in the NFL. They play in it. They play. They don't understand the business side of it. Which is understandable, but it's crazy when they show themselves like that and something like this and his comments show you that.
Well, but at the same time, you ripped the Cowboys for not doing enough last offseason and then even at the trade deadline in terms of bringing in the talent. The trade deadline, not the offseason. The trade deadline is what I ripped them for because well, he they could have made see it happen in terms of bringing people in throughout the year anyway. Well, so, a part so of that. He, he, so yeah. he is partially correct in no, that fact. No, and, the and trades, they did not do enough to bring yeah, in talent. The trade-wise, yeah, they could have made a trade. They could have done trade. I stick to that. Off-season signing, off-season acquisitions, they haven't had a lot of cap flexibility in the last few years, and they don't have it this year. And they've got their drafted guys. Dak was drafted by them. Michael Parsons was drafted by them. And CeeDee Lamb was drafted by them. You got to take care of them first. I've, to- I've always preached and told everybody when you sit there and you start in football, maybe not in the NBA, but in the NFL, when you start going out giving free, when that free agent you know, deadline, when that free agent period starts coming up in March, when you get those teams that got like $70, $80 million in cap space money and they're going to go shop early and get all the big name free, when you got other guys you drafted and you ain't taking care of them yet, but you go outside the building and you bring somebody and give them that money, that could Crack a locker room just like that. Just crack it just like that. So, no, trade, yes, I stand by that. But he makes it seem like they got $80 million to go out and bring all this keep. Oh, we need a cop running back. We need the best receiver. It don't work that way, Micah. On the edge with Micah Parsons. On the edge my ass in that Green Bay game. You couldn't get off the edge. 877-37-GRIND. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 
877-37-GRIND. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pendleton Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. That is Pendleton Whiskey. All right, which is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Station and the official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. Uh, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind. All right, an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 87737 Grind. All right, so keeping it moving here. Um, real quick, we got David Burns checking in with us, watching from Cedar Hill, Texas. What's up, David Burns? Appreciate you grinding with us. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's just my thoughts on uh, Michael Parson, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what Dallas, the direction that they go uh, in replacing Dan Quinn, because, like I said, that was the uh, most integral part uh, and the best part of their particular team uh, has been the strongest part is the defensive side of the ball. Now, I understand that, you know, Bill Belichick would be unfair to McCarthy. Um, very good chance he wouldn't want to do it anyway, even if it was to get his foot in the door and, you know, maybe put, take over midseason. Um, but Mike Vrabel, another yeah. defensive mind, do you feel like Mike Vrabel? Because I, I was hearing a conversation the other day. Um, I think it was CBS Sports, but I'm not 100% sure. So, um, But that there's... There was a conversation going on that Mike Vrabel understands that you really only get two real chances in the NFL to be a head coach before you develop a reputation. Hmm. Okay. okay. So looking at the landscape of teams that were available this year, he just might not have been wanted to really hitch his horse to any of those for opportunity number two. Right. Okay, so then your then your options are step away and go do analysts, uh, go down and maybe be a college consultant or a special assistant for Ohio State or Alabama or whatever, um, or go back and just become a defensive coordinator. And maybe, like I was saying with Bill Belichick, maybe just get your foot in the door, um, kind of like Petrino over at A&M. Where you get your foot in the door to maybe try and you know mm -hmm. yeah if Jimbo has to go. I think I think first of all, which I was going to allude to that, but I'm glad you brought it back up. Yeah, first of all, yes, I can see Mike Vrabel taking a defensive coordinator job. I mean, look, M Mike Vrabel is a good coach. I think he's proven that, but. It, whether you buy into the Tom Brady fact or not, he doesn't have close to the resume Bill has. Bill's got six rings as a head coach and two as a defensive coordinator. So um, no, Mike Vrabel is not above taking a dc job so if dallas decides to go i could see mike hell i could even see mike Vrabel going back to the college ranks to be honest with you and not as a d coordinator but probably as a head coach um because i'm telling you college coaches i mean the price that the amount of money these college coaches are making you're making pretty much nfl money as a head coach for the most part for a selected of them okay uh nfl still got a little bit more longer money to pay that because again michigan was never going to be able to compete with whatever numbers the Spano families did with Harbaugh. And that's just reality. But you can have you can make that money. But yes, my take is not the same for Vrabel as Bill. No, Vrabel definitely is not above taking a DC job. But but we'll see how it plays out. Um, also, sticking with the NFL uh, theme here. Um, Speaking of a little Bronco news uh, to my Orange Nation out there up in Colorado, 
uh, Broncos rookie Marvin Mims Jr. was named to Sporting News All-Pro Team for kick returner, which is, which I want to put this disclaimer before people that's not in Denver saying like, oh, really? We're paying attention to Sporting News accolades now. This is how bad it's gotten for the Denver Broncos, uh, Calvin. No. Maybe a little bit, but no. The reality is the real reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's voted on by the coaches, not the fans, not the media, the coaches. So he made it first team punt returner. Um, and the reason I bring it up to light, because remember, they went into this past draft hardly with any draft capital, still no first round picks because the Russell Wilson trade, still no first round picks is the Sean Payton deal. So they had very minimal picks still, more than they're going to have this year, because this year they only have six. As of now, unless they start trading some people off, which is possible. Um, this was their first pick in the second round. So uh, when they picked, um, and it for the most part, it's hit. Because out of all, and I think I've said this before, out of all what we saw of the 2023 Broncos, the one major improvement besides the record, because like I said, even though they came up short and this whole, well, Russ got to change his language and we're benching them through all that fiasco, besides the record, because they did post a record, more wins, they didn't finish over 500, but at the end of the day, they posted the most wins they've had since 2015. Um, the biggest improvement, in my opinion, was special teams on both sides. Special teams on punt returns and kickoff returns and special teams because of Marvin Mims on returns. And so, and again, it's, it's an encouragement with these two tandem, you know, Pashawn Payton, Jorge, AK George, that maybe there are messages because you can say what you want to about George Payton. I mean, Yes, the the, the rut, he's ever going to be linked to the Russ trade and the language in that contract and the conversation. But if you go look at even his picks in the scouting department up in Minnesota and you go look at really first couple of his drafts in Denver, they've been OK. They've been pretty good, you know, um, but this is one of those situations where it is encouraging because if this was something by the fans of the local media in Denver, I wouldn't be bringing it up. Uh, but due to the fact that it's on by the coaches and you and, you know, you make that first team on a losing team. It bodes well for his future. To me, he's going to have to butt into a receiver um, because, honestly, I do think that Sean had the idea of special teams with the speed because he's a speed guy. But what he did for OU offensively from a receiver standpoint, I think that Sean and the Broncos brass are waiting on him to develop in that because, to be honest with you, the only reason why I don't think that he was utilized that much on the off-season off end, you know, they tried early on in the season, but I think it really comes down to he needs to improve on his route running. And I think I've said that before, but I think even in Sean's system and the route running is probably where he's still raw. And um, on the end of being that way, you know, speed kills, especially college. You got some guys in college, even the SEC, uh, where no matter what, you've got guys that are not playing professional football. They're going to be selling insurance or they're going to be doctors and lawyers. So if you're the fastest guy, which you was, you can blaze up all down the Big 12. But in the NFL, everybody's fast for the most part. You've got to have precise route running skills and be able to run all routes of the tree and or the route tree. And that's what I think they're waiting on. And hopefully he uh, kind of catapults and approves on that but props to uh him for at least being knowledge by the people that matter the coaches that have to coach against him uh keeping it moving i mentioned this in the first hour though as well um tom brady senior okay um told the boston globe 
um, that Robert Kraft, which I don't think this is anything new. We've heard speculations of this, so it's not that breaking news, but I thought it was some interesting things that he said, which Robert Kraft admitted to him that letting Tom go was a mistake and he kind of went into other details, which, again, Tom Brady's dad's going to get a pass uh, because, again, that's from a lot of people because that's Tom Brady's dad. Um, but, you know, it does come – and, you know, I try to be fair. That's all my consistency. Like, hey, if they get bang on, why are we treating different for Giannis? And why are we do- well, let me be consistent as Jonas wants me to be because I feel like just like I come down on the, the misses of the relationship, the Mrs. Brady's, the Mrs. Stafford's. Mrs. Uchick. Well, she's not in the same category as Miss Stafford, where like they ain't trying to capitalize sell, they just trying to be controlling their husbands. That's pretty and putting their stuff in, like, yeah, I think he does need to retire. Well, Tommy told me he played with like two concussions. That's not the same thing as trying to say, Hey man, I'm cute, I'm his wife. They gonna they gonna come after me at licensing. I don't look like Sean John, I don't look like Jay-Z, I'll get away with it. Yeah. Okay. I'll get away with it. How you like my propellers, US? Where is that from, Joe? You can't tell me what movie that's from, from that quote. No idea. You like my propellers, U.S.? I'm going to wait to see if I get anybody that can tweet out to say where that's from and tweet you to see where that's from or tweet me out before I tell you where that's from. Okay. But it kind of reminds me of somebody trying to be persuasive and say, hey, I like this outfit. Don't, don't get mad at me. Don't get me for a license. You like my propellers, U.S.? All right, keeping it going. So yeah, back, I don't put him in. Yeah. Talking about, yeah. So I'm going to be consistent to where I don't like the fact that Tom Brady's dad is sharing private conversations with the Boston Globe that him and Robert Kraft have. Because honestly, I think anybody that works at the Wii, anybody that works for the Boston Globe, anybody in that region knew kind of how this worked out uh, when it comes to or how it looked when it came down to um, Tom's relationship and who was let go. Um, but he said that, you know, quote, he said, I just made a mistake. You know, he said, he told me back that in September, Brady senior told the Boston Globe, he said, we don't all make the right decisions, but he's made a hell of a lot of good ones over the years. But I know that the, uh, what he said, he goes, I know that it galls him with Tommy went elsewhere and won, not that he won, but he won after Bill Belichick said he was done. Okay. Here's a quote that Tom senior said that. Crab told me, he said, quote, he goes, Bill had told me he couldn't play anymore and that he goes out and wins the effing Super Bowl. He told him back that in February of 21. Um, you know, look, again, I think that the divorce and the split up, whatever you want to call it, mutually parting ways, the firings, I think it was a right on the wall because I think at that decision, um, and then it kind of brings us full circle what we've been talking about the last couple of segments about Bill's, you know, future of now looking like he's going to be sitting out a year or whatever. Um, that that Tom decision, if you look at Robert Kraft and what he's saying and what Brady Sr. saying and his eyes was really like the demise of where everything started, which I feel the last year with Tom there when he was throwing the Microsoft tablet down and the mics caught him. Actually, I never heard a quarterback look at his receiver and say, hey, we got to get faster. We got to play fair like Tom. 
that 40 time bro is what it is, man. Bill just didn't get you no fast guys. But if you look at it, that his last year was him walking off the field in the playoffs after Mike Vrabel went in there and crushed the buildings. And I think it was a pick six that ended his career in, in New England or was interception, one of the two. I, I think that whole year showed you. So I don't think it just started when he left out that year. I think it started to deteriorate within the last couple of years leading to that. Now, I will tell you this also. Uh, there's also reports with this whole Jared Mayo situation that from what I'm hearing is that Jared Mayo, and they've taken down all of the verbiage and sayings in the locker room and the facilities. Like they're starting over, like they're going into this whole, this isn't Bill Belichick's era. And they're just, I guess the whole, you know, do your job. And they have, do they, from what I've heard, they've kind of stripped everything that down. And this is really going to be Jared Mayo taking this new step. So when you hear Tom Brady senior talking, you hear him pretty much disclosing private conversations that he had with Robert Kraft. And you look at now that we went and we started this thing with seven job openings that possibly Bill could get and to get shut out with only, I think, on the record, the only one I heard him really interview for was the Atlanta gig. But I and I don't know if that's the only one or not. But the reality of it is, as of now, he shut out. When you hear all this, it kind of makes sense to where it's like, you know, bringing it back to Gerald Walker's point in question that the age and just the way of doing things, we just don't see it anymore as a coordinator. Cause the only thing that he showed to the last drop was that he can still coach defense. That's pretty much the main thing. So um, I thought that was interesting, even though it wasn't breaking news because I kind of basically figured and everybody around knew that it was kind of icy and uh, Robert Kraft wasn't on too board with uh, making Tommy, as he called him, Tommy get exit the building uh, earlier. Um, also, uh, what else we got going on? According to SI.com, Zach Wilson, this is out yesterday. I didn't get to it, though. Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers relationship went south after the injury. Um, you know, according to this report, you know, everything was smooth. Aaron gets hurt. Therefore, some weeks Aaron's out rehabbing, not even in the New York area, the Jets area. Zach trying to reach out to him, communicate. It kind of gets frosty, doesn't return, yada, yada. Okay. I mean, it's not shocking considering what the reputation that uh, Aaron Rodgers has developed in the last couple years. Um, but what it does do, and what I thought it was interesting was, the other thing linked to this is that you're hearing, and I saw Casey Rob uh, tag me on Twitter on this, is in regards to the rumblings that's going on in the organization amongst coaches with Nathaniel Hackett, meaning that, you know, there's some coaches that basically think that he, you know, he's kind of um, slow processing that is kind of like, you know, behind a lot, the, the attention to detail, lacks attention to detail. And that's a big thing in the NFL. But the elephant in the room is his Aaron Rodgers guy. He's his guy. So to me, on one hand, the Jets players, remember this, the Jets players voted Aaron Rodgers as captain and also I think is the most motivational play, a teammate or something like that or aspiring teammate. If you get those accolades, somebody would say, well, what does that say about his teammates or people not starting to like him in the locker room? I can kind of hear that, but I think the question I have with this SI article and how some of those coaches feel about Nathaniel Hackett and everybody in their mama knows that's Aaron Rodgers' best buddy. Does it come to a point, we know they're running it back with Salah and they're running it back with Aaron. 
you know, I'm pretty sure Zach Wilson, he's going to probably be released and let go. Uh, uh, the Jets told him earlier this month he'll be traded during the offseason. Or traded. There you go. I just knew what other circumstance he wasn't coming back. Um, but they're rolling back with Aaron and the crew. Um, and I think what I would like, if you're a Jets fan, what you really should be praying for is that they address the backup quarterback situation and really hit that one and really put some resources in some of this low-hanging fruit uh, that might be out there free agency-wise as backup. You pay more attention to that because, again, Aaron ain't younger. He's older. Okay, I know he's all into, you know, natural healing and different stuff he's trying and all. He was ready to come back in week 12. But uh, at the end of the day, we don't know how he's going to react coming off of that injury. So the Jets better be more focused and not get caught with their pants down in regards to who's going to really back up Aaron Rodgers. Um, it just the SI article and everything just makes me wonder how long does this if you want to use the word control or ass kissing with Aaron Rodgers, when does that start to wear thin? Um, because I'm telling you this right now, um, the Jets are in a situation next year that if Aaron Rodgers is on the center and, you know, wherever the case may be, they better be winning about 11. They got to win about 11, 12 games. That's really where it's at. With that young defense and that, because if not, sorry, Jets fans, because I'm pretty sure Aaron will ride out to the sunset. I don't know what that cap that cap hit's gonna look like and what the deal is. Maybe it won't because they restructured his contract. It was only a two-year deal or something like that. I don't know. But make sure you understand this. Robert Sala, the general manager, and every coach you got on that staff is gonna be gone. And it's gonna be reset button. That's what's gonna happen. So it's a lot riding on there for them. But I thought that SI article was was very interesting because evidently there's somebody in the Jets facilities that's leaking something that ain't positive the players are rally around aaron Rodgers, everything robert will and also in that article it talked about how zach wilson kind of grew irritated on how much you know that robert sala was giving updates about aaron's rehab and how much he was glowing that he was working hard to get back that article also reports that zach was kind of rubbed the wrong way by that too what do you got and the sir article is really comes off of uh, a piece from the athletic so if you have a subscription over there huh, okay. uh, zach rosenblatt and diana rossini did a really big deep dive as to how the jets season fell apart um going to hmm. quotes for you know sauce gardener talking about not ha the team not having focus because of hard knocks and everything and it, it's it's a long one but a, a worthy read hmm, okay all right nice little nugget there um when we get back Great minds think alike, and it's refreshing to hear the old school speak up, especially accomplished. I uh, want to talk about Jimmy Johnson's comments that he had in regards to the Dan Quinn decision over the weekend. Also, we'll circle back into the National Basketball Association, check out the lineups for tonight as well also. And we've got some comments from head coach of Oregon, uh, Dan Lanning has spoken out as well with this whole move to the Big Ten. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager. Get a dose. 
Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 